to you in just a moment. Before I do, I, I just want to highlight the legacy offering that we uh, gave as a church just a few weeks ago. We're about that far off our goal. Everyone say that far. Yeah, which is a little bit. It's not much. It's just a little bit. And so if you've not yet had an opportunity uh, to participate uh, in our legacy offering, it's a special offering uh, that we do once a year as a church family. And uh, you can pledge over a 12-month period if that's what you'd like to do. Or you can give an offering uh, in the envelope that's in front of you on the, de- on the seat in front of you. You'll find an envelope or a promise card. If you take the time to fill that out, if you're part of our church family, and uh, take that to the Ask Me desk. And uh, we'll go from being that far to, everyone go that far? We'll be be right up against that uh, very, very shortly. Well, today, you're going to be incredibly blessed. You've got one of my very, very good friends uh, coming to speak to us today, Pastor Margaret Pashley. I've known Marg when she was a, a young lady, um, not so long ago, uh, but a little while. Hey, Marg, uh, a little while. We all come from the same home church uh, in Gladstone and kind of grew up there together. And I know her family very, very well. Went to school with uh, one of her brothers. And uh, we as a family and uh, friends that are here today of Marg's and uh, as a church, we're also proud uh, of Marg and everything that she's done and is doing over the decades, not the years, over the decades, some 38 years, I think, uh, Marg, you said. You went to the Philippines when, how long? 36 years. I just added a little bit of GST on there. About about 38 years. I'm telling the story. 38 years. And I I think she went there when she was about 12 and uh, has just just created an incredible ministry uh, complex there and is doing amazing things. She's Mother Teresa to the Philippines uh, in Laity in Samar. She really, really is. And uh, Pastor Margaret is uh, one of the missionaries that uh, we have uh, picked up again. Again, since we've reintroduced our global missions vision as a church. And if you're giving to missions, don't forget you give into the global mission account uh, with uh, Impact Church for all the global. So you put global missions uh, in to the uh, uh, Impact Church uh, account and we'll make sure all of that giving gets directed there. Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you give Pastor Margaret Patchley a big hand as she comes to minister to us all today. Good on you, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated. Wow, God bless you. It's great to be at Impact Church. And uh, thank you, Tony, for that lovely welcome. And it is true. So many of us come from the same church, and I'm especially glad. Look, Mrs. Joan Sorry has come again this weekend. And, you know, actually, Mrs. Sorry. I used to call her Mrs. Sorry, and then I graduated to Joan, and I don't know whether I should be saying Mrs. Sorry, but we were reminded it's 60 years next March since we've known each other, and I, I think you must have prayed for me as a child. I'm the first saved in my family, but, you know, I look at Joan as a second mother, and it's so special that she's here today, and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you for your effort in coming again. And right next to her is Deborah Nagus. Everybody look at Deborah Nagus. When, <laughs> when, we, when we were youth together, do you remember, Deborah, when we were assigned in Tudman Street, Mance, her, her and I, as young teenagers, we were in charge of answering the phone between pastors. Well, we thought we were really special, and that was really amazing. And then we've got Margaret and Kevin Frost, who I haven't seen for donkey's years, who were way, way back there in Gladstone. Oh, and Deborah, of course, and of course, Joanne and Mike. Wow, half the congregation here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so, so special to be with you. And thank you for taking time to watch our video. It is exciting what God is doing in the Philippines. And it's exciting what God is doing at Center for Change. And I feel personally excited that seven of our former kids are now on staff. You know, nurse, social worker, teachers, all kinds. And then um, we actually have an eighth volunteer now, um, which is named April May. And April May, (laughs) because sometimes people get confused, April May. It's a good name. April May has just been elected 
um, in our village as the SK chairman, which means the youth chairman. So she has some um, ability to influence all the youth in our community. So we're very excited. And because she just graduated in values education, then she's also one of our volunteer teachers. Oh, God is good to see these young ones coming from the street or other abusive situations and now seeing them just shine, shine their light for Jesus and taking their place in the kingdom and discovering who they are and how they can influence others. God is so good. He's interested in every one of our lives. He's interested in you as you sit here today. You know, none of us are hidden from the eyes of the Lord. And that I find that very secure. Some people find that very uh, confronting. But for me, it's a tremendous security knowing God is watching and God is with me. He leads and guides and directs as he does with you. Well, I do have a message for you, and I have all these notes. Well, they're prompts, so I'll know when the next uh, slide will come. And, you know, someone said once, oh, you're very clever, uh, inter, intermingling the message and the, the photos from the Philippines. So you'll get a double. You'll, you'll get the message, and you'll see a little bit of the life of Center for Change at the same time. But let us... Look to the Lord. Let me say, I enjoyed the worship. Didn't you? Didn't you get blessed? Didn't you? Didn't you? Oh, I felt so lifted up as we were worshiping together. So thank you, worship team. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are here. And we honor you and we praise you and we love you. We adore you and we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace in every one of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word. And we pray that you will speak to every one of us through your word today. Take something from this message and apply it to every heart. I ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we have a wonderful subject today. It's called, To Whom Much Is Given, Much Is Required. These are the very words of Jesus. Do you know that you have been given so, 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 so much? Well, we at Center for Change, we know we have been given so, 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 so much. We've been given amazing resources. Can't you see these buildings? Look at that ark. Look at that evacuation center. These are a trust that God has given us, and we know that we are accountable. Whatever God gives us, we are accountable to him on that final day. And the greatest trust that he has given us is the trust of the young lives. Now, I'm not sure. Can I move this somewhere? I don't want to stand in the middle of the, uh, the screen, but... Um, <laughs> we know the greatest trust that we have been given. Okay. Now, how about right here? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, thank you. I don't have notes uh, being thrown around. <laughs> Again, our greatest trust, to whom much is given, much is required. Our greatest trust is the trust of these young lives that God has given us. That is a huge responsibility. We do not take it lightly because we will give an account on that final day. It's just amazing how much trust God has put in us. And if you will examine your life, you must surely say, yes, I have been given so much. At least everyone who has come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have been given so much. Think of the love of God. Think of his grace. Think of his mercy. Think of his patience. Oh, think of all that God has done in our lives. He's given us new life. And we have the Holy Spirit with us to lead us, to guide us. How much we have been given. May we never take it for granted. And may we never forget to whom much is given, much is required. And on that final day, every one of us 
will stand before the King of Kings, our Lord, our Savior. And we will give account for what God has entrusted to us to do, to have, to impart to his kingdom. And that is an awesome thing to bear in mind continually. To whom much is given, much is required. And I love the words of the psalmist in Psalm 116, 12 and 13. He says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever been so taken up with who God is that you've said, Lord, What can I do in response to your goodness to me? We could never, ever, ever repay what he has done for us. But, you know, you can't help but sense I've got to respond somehow to the goodness of God. And like the psalmist, surely every one of us will be saying, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? The psalmist said, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Wow, we are a privileged people. God loves us all. And he offers us salvation through trusting in Jesus. And many people just walk the line and, oh, well, I want I, I, I to I go to heaven, but I don't know that I want to give my all. I, I, the world is quite attractive, you know. But, you know, we just got to stop and be focused and realize to whom much is given, much is required. And God has given us, everyone, the offer of salvation through trusting Jesus. Our response surely must be, yes, I will take the cup of salvation. Yes, I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will receive his mercy and his grace and his salvation. How can we do otherwise I don't know how we can do otherwise people do I feel sad for them because to know the Lord is the greatest thing ever I will take the cup of salvation I'm so glad I did aren't you glad that you came to know Jesus as your Lord as your Savior life begins the journey begins and it's an exciting journey when you're walking with the Lord I will take the cup of salvation. That scripture, of course, can also be read as, I will take and lift up the cup of salvation. And how could we have for ourselves without being concerned for those around us? We must not only take all the benefits that we have found in Jesus for ourselves when we have so many around us who are looking for answers and we have the answer. We have the answer in Jesus. So I will take and lift up. The cup of salvation, I will lift up Jesus. I want others to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is so good. It's great to know him. That others can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen? Amen? It's because someone else shared Jesus with you. Most likely that you're here today. We are a blessed, 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 blessed people. And we are not to hide our light. You know, this is what the next scripture says in Luke eight sixteen. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Oh, we don't want to hide our light. Why would we be embarrassed of being the people of God, of knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior? We need to share the light. And you can see our beautiful young people. They are out sharing the light. Uh, Do we have Filipinos in the house? Oh, we have, we have, we have, we have. I'm so glad because you will understand Most Australians wouldn't appreciate if somebody came singing at your door at five or six in the morning. But the Filipinos think it's wonderful. Some have tears. They're being serenaded. 
They're being shared good news by way of song. And they're being shared the word of God just in a little testimony. And our young people praying with the family. God can give us creative ways so that we can share the light. So we can lift up the cup of salvation. So we can lift up Jesus to others. Don't hide your light. Ask God to show you how you can share your light with others. He's a creative God and he gives us some creative ideas as well. I know God is looking to use every one of us. And Isaiah had ears to hear. In Isaiah 6, 8, he said, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. You know, wow, what a privilege to hear the Lord's voice. Well, his voice has gone out. And we know he wants to use every one of his children. We are children in the family of God. And and we're in his family business, the kingdom business. And he wants to involve every one of us. No one is excluded. No one is excluded. Have you heard that voice? Have you heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will I send? Who will go for us? That person across the road, that person that I work with, who will go for me? Have you responded, here am I, Lord, send me? I hope so. I responded many years ago. I've been responding all my life since I was 16 because it's not about one thing. Some people think, oh, there's one thing. What's my call? What's my call? My goodness, God has things all along our life's path that we just have to step into. And it's, it's a great journey. It's actually such a privilege that God would want to have us partnering and working together with him. It's a privilege and it's an honor. Never discount when God asks you to do something. We're not only his children, you know, in a special way, we are his servants. And we are the servants of the Most High God. I mean, some people get it around the wrong way. They say, God is to serve us. Do this, do this, do this. But no, 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 no. (laughs) He is God. We are not. We're privileged to know him and we are very privileged to serve him in any way, in any way. May we rise up and take our place in service of the King of Kings. In Matthew 24, 45 and 47, these are also the words of Jesus and they are also very confronting. Well, if God is confronting you, let it be so. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions." Wow. Who is the faithful and wise servant? This is the word of Jesus. He's asking this question. He's talking about this. And I I find it quite amazing. I find it quite amazing that he says, when he finds a faithful and wise servant, he'll put so much. He says he will put him in charge of all his possessions. I think, wow, wow, wow. You talk about wow, wow, wow. That's, That's amazing when you think who God is. Now, if you keep reading this passage, of course, it's not altogether so great as you read the one who isn't a good servant, who isn't a faithful and wise servant, but I'll let you go that way yourself. We're, we're, we're looking at the faithful and wise servant. And I found one. I found a faithful and wise servant in the most amazing place, in Genesis Chapter 24. Wow. We find this faithful and wise servant 
was put in charge of all the possessions of Abraham. Thought, wow, it's a big thing to put such a trust in somebody that you will give them authority over everything you own, over all the people you're responsible for. You can find a faithful and wise servant and put him in charge. So I think we could learn a little bit from Abraham's servant. I think he was probably a bond servant, which he probably grew up in the household of Abraham and learned, as we do, we learn faithfulness, we learn wisdom, we learn in the small tasks before we're entrusted with greater tasks. And of course, a bond servant was one who said, I love my master. I love him so much. I love this family. I don't want to go out from his family. I don't want to be set free. I mean, what what freedom is out there? I'm free in here, you know? And so the bond servant would say, I love my master so much. I don't want to be set free and go out and do my own thing. I want to stay close. I want to be in my master's family. I want to be in his household. This is where I belong. Is that the case for you? We're in our master's family. We're in our Lord's family. And it's so good. Why would we want to go out? Oh, yes, you can rub shoulders with other family members that might grate you. Yes, there's some situations. But, I mean, that's family, isn't it? There's no perfect family. But it's so good to be in our Lord's family May we keep close. May we keep close. So this bondservant, in verse 2, we read, So Abraham said to the older servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had. So he had a special assignment for this older servant. You know, when you've got important tasks in the kingdom, you don't generally give it to a novice. In the Bible says, don't put the novice in leadership, you know, too soon, or he might get proud like the devil and fall. And we don't want that. We don't want to pick up the pieces. And so there's wisdom in learning in the small and being found faithful in this and then rising up to greater tasks. This is obviously what happened with the servant of Abraham. Another thing that we notice is he is unnamed. He's not named. Some said, oh, he's probably Eliezer. Well, we do not know that. Eliezer was probably dead by now because Abraham was a very old man already. So we don't know. And I think it's rather special that God doesn't name him because all over the world there and sitting in here there are many unnamed servants people might not know your name but God knows your name he knows what you're about and it's not about impressing others it's about I want to do what you want me to do Lord and so you look at our beautiful you wouldn't know most of their names They're our unnamed servants. They're just serving the Lord as they minister to the children in our care and into our community. So praise God for each one. So Jeremiah 45.5 says, And do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. You know, there's some people in the world that we live in, and even in the church They want to make a name for themselves. It's actually not about us. It's about the one we serve. It's about our master, our Lord. We're about his business, not our business. And so there's this attitude of promotion and I've got to promote myself. Well, you don't. You just have to promote him. Promote him. You know, your name's not going to save anybody, but his name will. So we want to promote our wonderful Lord. And so if we look at the attitude of a faithful and wise servant, 
Well, of course, faithful. We see that he was trustworthy. And trust is learned. And Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Start with the little. And then as you are proven faithful and you learn to be trusted. I have an example here of Judy. So Judy's one of our staff now. She goes between accountancy and the school. Um, She always wanted to be an accountant because, you know, she was a little child begging on the streets, traveled around with a group for, for years, begging, begging. And so she thought if she became an accountant, she'd have lots of money. Oh, my. Don't realize you'd have a big headache. All those numbers. But anyway, she studied that, but her heart is really to be with the kids. And so she attended Kids Club as a little child, and then she became a Kids Club worker, and now she's in charge of all of our Kids Club outreaches because she learned to be trusted. She had some, you know, her, uh, wouldn't it be great if our lives just went like this all the way? But to be honest, oh, we had some hard times with Judy, and we thought, will she make it? Well, of course, she'll make it because she's a child of God. But, you know, she's just going like this now. I'm sure it's not always easy for her. It's not always easy for us. But we have God with us. We have his strength. We have his enabling. We have his anointing. Our part is just to be trustworthy and do what he asks us to do. So God bless Judy as she is working with our youth and let me challenge you in Matthew ten eight, Freely you have received, freely you should give. And if you think about it, we've all received from the labors of others. Whether Sunday school, kids club, youth, you know, all of these different areas. Have you ever realized that freely you have received from the labors of others? Then there's a time... When freely you should give of your own labor in serving others also. Take the challenge. It's great to be involved in the family of God. So trust is important and it's good to be humble. Who's humble here? Humility. Oh, humility. Well, I, I, I sort of looked at him and thought, well, he was humble. And I have a picture of our kids. You know, kids are quite humble because they'll they'll put up their hand and they'll say, Mom, sir, I didn't understand that. Can you please tell me again or just explain further? And so this servant of Abraham did not pretend to understand the situation fully. He asked for clarification. Now, how would you feel if, Someone came up or, you know, your boss and said, you've got to go. I've got a special assignment for you. Go and find the right wife for my son. That's a big order, isn't it? Or some of you might think, well, that would be the easier way to have somebody do it. (laughs) it. It was quite an assignment. But remember that Abraham had the promise of God that through him, All nations of this earth would be blessed through his seed, through Isaac. So who Isaac married was really quite important. And so the servant asked some clarification about how this was all going to happen, that he was going to go on a journey and find the right wife for the son Isaac. Well, in verse 5, he humbly ask some questions. Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which he came? Hmm. Verse 6, Abraham says, beware that you do not take my son back there. They were already in the promised land. We don't want a backward step. No, do not take Isaac back there. You find the right one and bring her here. 
in verse 7 and verse 40, he says, but he said to me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with you and prepare your way. And you shall take a wife for my son from my family and from my family and my father's house. So what confidence? Well, here's the father of the faith speaking. No problem. The angel of the Lord's going to go ahead of you. He's going to direct you and you will do it. Wow, man of faith. But he also gave him an out. And, and you know, God is very gracious. He's so kind to us. And he says in verse 8, And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. You know, in a special way, we're, we're part of finding the bride of Christ. You know, the church is the bride. And there's more people to be added in to God's family. And so we're commissioned to go and find the bride, go and share the good news and allow people to come and follow Jesus. Follow us to follow Jesus. But sometimes people just aren't willing and we want to push them. We want to help them so because we know it's good for them. We know this is the best. <laughs> this is He's so wonderful. You need to know him. He's inviting you to be part of the bride, to be part with him, to be united with him. But some people are not willing. It's actually not our part to push them. As much as we want to, you know, we cannot because everybody must make the choice. Yes, I believe in him. Yes, I believe he's the best. Yes, I commit to follow him. Can't be your commitment. It must be the individual's commitment. So don't feel the pressure because sometimes we do. We think, they're almost there. Why don't they? Well, the work of the Holy Spirit, we're not on our own. Thank you, Lord. So just trust the Lord and do what you're supposed to do. And that's what Abraham said to him. The angel will go ahead of you. For us, we have the Holy Spirit with us. So I wonder if any of us, you know, he humbly asked questions, but how many of us really understand what God is asking of us? The why, the how, the where, the wherefore. You know, it. If you look at the, oh, that's Archie, one of our teachers. He was a little boy and grew up with us. But um, do we really know? Actually, we had a competition. Okay, who can ask the best question? Questioning face, Archie won. And so the next slide will show you. Next, next. Yes, there we go. My favorite one of my favorite. How do you have a favorite scripture? You kind of have all these favorites. Verse 27, I being in the way the Lord led. I mean, we, we really know what God is asking of us when he asks us to do something. We don't know where it's going to lead. When God asked me to get involved with these street kids because I said, why isn't somebody doing something? And God challenged me, Margaret, why aren't you doing something? And I said, what, what do I know to do? <laughs> and I didn't know, but I wanted to be obedient to the Lord. So I said, yes, Lord. And from one step, who would have guessed where we would be today? We're in our 22nd year of Center for Change. Who would have guessed I being in the way the Lord led, you can't guess what God's going to do when you're obedient to him. The important thing is that you are obedient and you don't have to know where it's going to lead. Just be obedient to what God asks you to do today and then the next day. And it's amazing how he unfolds the plan. And you think, how could that come? When I walk through Center for Change, I am in absolute awe. And I think, how did this happen? How? 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 
when I intermingle with the kids who are on our staff. And I think, Lord, you know all this. Before, when I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I'll do something. He knew because he knows what's ahead. Maybe we'd get a bit frightened if we knew it all ahead because there's some rocky roads ahead. But, you know, through it all, his purposes are fulfilled, and that's really very exciting. John 4.37 says, One sows and another reaps. So God might be asking you to sow. We all want to reap. And sometimes we think, I'm not reaping, I'm failing. Ah, We all have a part in the kingdom. And so if he's asking us to sow, then sow. Of course, we all want to reap. But we just need to, you know, you're not worried about other people. You're worried about him, what he thinks. And what he asks you to do, if he's asking you to sow the seed, then sow the seed. And if somebody else comes along and reaps it, praise God. It's about his kingdom. It's about his work. We're servants in the household and we want to be found to be a faithful and wise servant and realize to whom much is given, much is required. And if God asks us to do something and we don't do it, well, we'll, on that final day, well, I felt embarrassed or I thought I'd be rejected. You know, it's just silly, the things that come into our mind to stop us doing what God asks of us. It's amazing, isn't it, that God would ask something of us? Really a privilege, a great privilege. So 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says, So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. It's not about us, it's about him. And verse 10, we read that the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed. Remember, he was a faithful and wise servant. And God, God, Abraham had entrusted all of his goods to him. And he had 10 camels with all these precious jewels and gifts on his way to find a bride for Isaac. Well, sometimes we say, I don't have much. And we look at others and say, well, let, them, let them do it. They've got plenty. What have I got? Well, we use what God entrusts to us. Don't be envying the others when God has given you something to do. If one talent, then use it. Because we know the parable of the talents. And the one who said, I haven't got much, just hid it. We don't want to be like that. Esther said, well, what can I do? I can't speak. Well, you can be a great mum to needy girls who are looking for a loving mother. I mean, we don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same abilities because God wants to use us all in different ways. So praise God for Esther, a wonderful, wonderful uh, house parent, a mother to our girls. So we use what is entrusted to us. And of course, on our journey, it's good to keep in prayer. Yes, it's all about relationship with our Lord after all. And so I see this wise, faithful servant was prayerful. And he could pray some bold prayers. In verse 12, he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham. Don't you love the way he prays? It's not about him. It's about the mission he's on. Oh, God. Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day. We all want success. And show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman... To whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one 
you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Wow, what a bold prayer. Oh, look, I'm coming into the town and I'm going to ask the first girl that comes along, give me a drink. And if she says, okay, okay, no problem, have a drink. Oh, you've got camels, let me water them. (laughs) Every camel can drink 20 gallons. Remember, you've got a pitcher of water on your shoulder. Wow, this is quite a task. So, you know, Rebecca was quite an amazing girl, wasn't she? She was a giver. She gave of herself and she willingly served. I think how amazing is that? So God bless her. Verse 15, it happened before he had finished speaking. Behold, Rebecca came out with her picture on her shoulder. And it's so exciting when we pray and God answers immediately. Or we haven't quite prayed it through yet and God answers. And you'll see a picture of the lamb that we have when we, you know, it's because of a couple in Arnhem, uh, former missionaries to Arnhem Land who I'd never known. And they contacted me and they said, well, what about the land? Have you got land? Well, God has told us to give you this money. Huh? And it was, the, you know, the amount that they gave us back then um, in 2004 was the amount of money we needed to buy that land. God is so good. You know, when you step out in obedience to him, you will be amazed what God does. So, sometimes, before we ask, he answers, but sometimes we need to be patient and continue to do what God last told us to do. His timing is always right. Psalm 27:14 says, "Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart." So he will strengthen you as you're waiting. Don't give up. Keep focused. Keep looking to him. Keep in relationship with him even when you don't see the answer. Because we know that he will do what he wants at the right time. Another thing about this servant, we're getting close, I think. I think we're getting close to the end. Another thing was he was watchful. You know, you think it's pretty important to be watchful. Verse 21, and the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So he was just watching this young girl sweating perspiring, you know, carrying all this water back and forward. You would think, I think if he was a gentleman, he'd step up there and help her, wouldn't he? But he did not. He just watched, just watched. Sometimes we want to intervene. We want to help. It's not our part to help. It's our part to watch because he was checking out. Is she a woman of her word? I mean, how many people in the church say, yes, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And they might even start off. They might even start off really well. But suddenly, where are they? You know? So there's something about being watchful. Especially when you're working with people and you need a commitment. You need to see that what they say they will do. So this servant, he was still waiting for the total confirmation she's the one. Helpful to watch. And even when Rebecca had revealed, yes, she was from Abraham's family, etc. And he went back to the family. He was watchful. They said, oh, this is amazing. What a story. This must be God. But then in verse 49, this unknown, unnamed servant says, now if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or the left. You know, sometimes people just keep us waiting, waiting, waiting as they're on the, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes we just got to say, 
Well, tell me, are you in or are you out? Are you in? Well, praise God. They, they called Rebecca and she said, I'm in. I'm going to follow. I'm going to be wed to Isaac. Wow. How romantic. Is that romantic? I don't know. I'm a single lady. I haven't been romanced and I don't want to be. He, he, he's, an, he's more than enough for me. But such a sweet story that Isaac ends up with Rebecca. God's obviously chosen person for her, for him. And the thing that you will see about this faithful and wise servant is he's also worshipful. Let's not forget to worship. And every step of the way, you see this man, he bowed down his head and he worshiped. And then he said, blessed be the Lord God. And he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself, worship. It's part of the journey. It's so easy to worship when everything is turning out. When everything just bless, 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 bless. And there's no downs. We're just soaring. It's so easy to worship at those times. But our worship must go beyond the circumstances because God is always worthy of worship. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Is that your testimony? I mean, there's seasons when it's not looking so rosy. But you know what? God doesn't change. He is still worthy of our worship. He still sent his son for us. He still gave his life for us. He is always worthy of our worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So there we have a little example of a faithful and a wise servant. So may we remember to whom much is given, much is required. And may we rise up to all be faithful and wise servants of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wonder what God has asked of you. Has God been asking anything of you? What's God been asking? The question is, are you doing it? What has God asked? Are you doing it? If not, why? If not now, when? It's the word of the Lord. I prayed, Lord, what do you want to say to the church in Australia? This is the word he gave. And it's to whom much is given, much is required. We have all received much, and there is much required of us. We need to take God at his offer. We need to respond to him, and we need to say, Lord, it's a privilege that I could serve you or do anything in your kingdom work. I pray that God will find every one of us faithful and wise servants of the Lord who will say, here am I, Lord. Whatever you have for me, I'm available. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Almighty God, we just say thank you for who you are, our great God. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you for revealing Jesus as our Savior. What a blessed people we are that you have given us salvation. And Lord, we can now lift up Jesus for others. Lord, you've got a call for every one of us. We don't want to escape your call. We want to step into what you have for us because it's wonderful when we're serving with you and you never leave us, you never forsake us, and you teach us step by step what we are to do. Lord, help us to rise up to be the people you've called us to be. Lord, rise up in your household Lord, that we would be found trustworthy 
and faithful. Lord, I ask by your spirit, challenge every heart. For those who are doing what you've called them to do, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you they'll be unashamed on that final day. For those who are just struggling with taking this step, we pray, your God, for your help and your grace and that you would show them, show them afresh, Lord, your goodness, your love, your grace and your mercy, that they will say, yes, I will follow you. Granted, O oh God, this very day, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I don't know who's here. I don't know if there are those who don't, have not yet come to know Jesus. But if you are here and you don't know him, we would love you to know him. And we've got Pastor Tony coming. Thank you, Thank you Mark. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? Beautiful. Thank you, Mark. Give Mark a big hand if you would, please. We love you, Mark. We love you and uh, all that you're doing in the Philippines and the blessing you are. And we pray all the blessing and favor of God for this next season of life and ministry uh, in center of change. And, and just pray that change just keeps flowing and, and, and growing uh, in that place. Why don't you lift your hands? We're going to just finish with this anthem of worship this morning. I will trust in God. Come on. He will never fail.
Abraham's eye, Abraham's servant, as he's traveling across the desert with those camels, singing this song. Singing this song, I trust in the Lord. I trust in God. As he's on a journey, like you're on a journey, like we're on a journey, like we're all on that journey of of going to places we don't know, of looking for people we've not yet met, of looking for doors to open up, to walk through, and we don't even know where that door is. But our song is, I trust in God, my Saviour, my Saviour. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know all the detail around your story at the moment and the journey that you're on but I know that this song just speaks and preaches and declares very powerfully into the darkness of every moment right now why don't you lift up your hands wherever you are whatever your story whatever your circumstance whatever your problem whatever your issue whatever you're facing right now I trust in God my Savior sing that to your spirit he'll never fail never fail never fail as you're walking through the desert through the valley of the shadow of death i trust in god i trust in god my savior i can't see but that's okay Thank you for being here.